What are we discussing on today's Locked on Diamondbacks podcast? Well, it's crossover time with Javier Reyes of Locked on Padres. And with the MLB trade deadline just a week out, you know we love to do drafts. So why not draft the best trade deadline deals of all time? Discussing that on today's Locked on Diamondbacks crossover. You are Locked on Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Swing for the fences on Sleeper Picks and you can win up to 100 times your money. Download the Sleeper app and use promo code LOCKEDON. You'll get, a, you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms for use of details. Currently operational in over 30 states. Check out Sleeper today. Now, without further ado, it's crossover time. And as always, we got to do a draft. So without further ado, let's bring on the man of the hour, Javier Reyes of Locked On Padres. Boop, 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 boop. Oh, yeah, man, God. I'm here. What's going on? Oh, man, are you getting aggressive? You ready to throw some punches or something? Look, look man, I was I was doing some workouts today and okay. I was watching Creed 3, which I haven't finished just yet. But I was watching Creed, so I don't know. I guess I'm I'm, I'm in a punchy mood, dare I say. And, oh. and we got trade deadline week. It's you got to keep the energy up, man. You know, it's 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 exciting times. So I guess that's kind of a what I'm bringing that energy. I bring it to today's podcast, and I'm excited, man. I think that um, we we talk about deadline deals a lot, and I think we every single year it is so fun how notes like there's going to be some big trade or not even big trade, but like a trade for. A player that goes to a team no one talked about. All the top five destination articles, including one from myself, might end up being wrong. And then mm-hmm. you expect X and X prospect to be what it's going to cost for a player. And then it usually doesn't, except for some reason in the case of the Padres. Of course, they were the only one to ever pay full price last year. <laughs> Worth it, but only team ever, apparently. Um, but you, you have that. And then you have weird teams. Like, I don't know if you saw, like, by the time of recording this, the Cardinals. The, the the allegedly fire sailing everything, they're for some reason extending their reliever that everybody wants, and it feels very Rockies ish. Uh, so look, man, it's it's just it's a time of uncertainty. It is baseball purity. Everyone can be excited about it, even if your team stinks, and even if you're even if you're contending, you're kind of just like I just want to see trades. Is that not something we can all relate to? You know? Yeah, great stuff. I think that's why like NBA Twitter has become so much fun, like the off season, because you just see all these superstars request trades and then you're on Twitter or whatever it's called now. I don't even know what their new logo change. Uh, really just disappointing to see. But yeah, mm-hmm. trades are always fun. And it's kind of funny. We're going to talk about some of these trades and it's like you might acquire a player. He might be a legend down the stretch and then your team gets bounced in the first round and then mm-hmm. even free agency. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's it. But still one of the greatest trade deadline trades ever. So these are going to be uh Really fun to discuss. Um, as always, we do trades. As always, I have to flip a coin. But do I have one? Oh, no. Oh, I do. There is one on my desk. It goes hiding under a $5 bill because Millie is maybe loaded, maybe not. Probably not. <laughs> we make that podcast money. Okay. <laughs> Javier Reyes of Lockdown Padres for the number one pick. And I got to say, I do want the number one pick in this. So, oh, yeah. Who heads or tails, Javier? I'm going tails. I have no okay. preference of pick, but I'm going tails. Oh. I dropped it. <laughs> I, I don't even know where it went. Oh, he can't even flip a coin. Oh, my God. Here we go. 
Oh my God. And it is heads. What? Okay. Oh, how did that happen? I don't know. That was crazy. Integrity of the draft for sure. But Miller gets the number one pick as it seems. And man, the number one pick, of course, there are a lot of options on the board. I mean, mm-hmm. I truly, I don't think there is a number one pick in this draft. I think there's like three or four trades that you could take number one overall, but this is more of a personal bias pick. This is the reason I had to send you a text before we did this because this is a trade that technically happened after the deadline i believe i believe this was technically a waiver wire trade one of those weird trades that happened in baseball back of the back in the day where you could still trade players even though the deadline was over and never understood yeah. how it worked but uh <laughs> this was this is a biased one because i grew up liking this team you know pre-covering the d-backs this was my favorite team the boston red sox mm. and back in i think it was 2012 they ended up sending the largest amount of money ever been transferred in a deal before a quarter of a billion dollars with Carl Crawford, Adrian Gonzalez, Mm. Josh Beckett, and Nick Mm. Punto being traded to the Los Angeles Dodgers. And that cleared so much money for the Boston Red Sox took her, took them under the, the limit for that year. No one really cares about that. They finished the season in last place, but the very next season, that off season with the clear books, they get Koji Uriara and Mike Napoli and Shane Victorino and a whole bunch of other guys, Johnny Gomes. Mm. And they go from last to first place and win the world series the very next year. And it's all because they pull off that deal i think it's the one of the biggest trades of all time that's why i'm taking it number one at the deadline technically so which which year was that again 2012 it's a fun 2012. year yeah 2012 so 2013 that's right that's when they won that's when they beat the cardinals if i'm not mistaken and i lost some money on that that was unfortunate um but yeah i mean that's what's so funny is every now and then blowing up your team and clearing the the cap is a smart thing to do you know what I mean? And, and they still had some great players. Like, I think Ellsbury's still on the team at that time. I think yeah. Dustin Pedroia is still there. Still uh, Poppy, playing, yeah. right? Like, Poppy. so they traded some of their stars, but they were they made sure to still keep some, right? Like, you want to, yeah. you're going to blow up your team. Make sure that you still have, don't don't just do it to kick the can down the road, which is a, an analogy I've been using a lot lately. But yeah, and I, I agree with you. Um, the fact that they won the World Series the next year is, is pretty phenomenal. Uh, pretty phenomenal stuff. I mean, you got to give them credit. Um, despite my hatred for the Boston Red Sox and Boston sports in general. And um, 2012, if you also remember, with just the fantastic Bobby Valentine year where he just mm-hmm. doing crazy mayhem for the, the Red Sox as the man, Jerry. He just is insane. If, if you're like a, a proprietor, a believer in just like managers not mattering, that might be the greatest test yeah. case to the to the opposite that I've ever seen. They were awful. I have bad stories that I've heard about, about Bobby Valentine from Ooh. friends and whatnot. Yeah. Everyone doesn't like him, and it was deserved. And then what happens? They win the World Series literally the very next year. So, hey, managers do matter. It's just very hard to measure it, and I think that drives people insane. But it's true. It's hard to measure that stuff. Yeah, and Um, Gonzalez ends up being pretty good for the Dodgers, but, you know, they make a few playoff appearances, but they don't win anything under him, and they have to pay Crawford and Beckett the remainder of their contracts. mm -hmm. You get Gonzalez, and that's pretty much out of it. So, yeah, you could we could move on to the – number two overall pick now who do you think is your number one pick in uh i mean i don't know where you have this trade slot if you had to slide it at all on your list but what would you have taken number one i guess now that you're on the clock uh what i'm gonna take right now yeah uh, because yeah, because right. look i host a padres podcast oh like okay. let, that's yeah, i don't know okay. if you knew this i host a padres really? podcast yeah and it's oh. it's fun it's good times and despite how much you know issues people have with aj preller despite everything i i just I have to do it. I have to take the most recent one, recency okay. bias to the max. 
it's Juan Soto to the San Diego Padres. And I actually have a lot of reasons aside from it just being Padres. Number one, okay. no player as good as Soto with as many years as Soto has, as young, uh, left on his, um, an arbitration, I should say, left uh, club control, I should say. Um, no one as young as him and as good as him has basically ever been traded. So it's actually like there's, aside from it just being a blockbuster trade, it's pretty revolutionary in a lot of ways. Um, yes, the Padres haven't been so good this year, and it's a good reflection that the deadline is at the be-all and end-all. Um, and in the case of the Red Sox, they sold, and then they that ended up being great for them the next year, maybe not necessarily this year. But for Juan Soto, look, this season has been bad, but bottom line, you got to give credit to the Padres for lighting up the sport, for being exciting. Heck, at least not letting the Dodgers get him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. at least at least that didn't happen. Yeah. Um sure. Yeah, I know. Uh, but it's just you have that happen. And then the fact that while he wasn't necessarily the only, he wasn't the only thing, right? There's a position player, obviously, right? Like that's not how baseball works. But um, the fact that they then later on go and beat the Dodgers in the playoffs, he plays a big role in that, along with other guys like Cronenworth and Josh Hader for sure. But I have to go with Soto just because it was so nuts. And I was at work, remote work, and I'm just like, <laughs> You know, just trying to answer some slacks and then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, just boom, I get the Jeff Pass and notification and it was like a lightning bolt through my heart in the best way possible. And then I'm I'm, I'm, I'm joining a meeting like I think it was like 20 minutes later after the pass and tweet and I'm trying my best to pretend like I care at all. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> like, I'm just totally like, yeah, yeah, yeah. we got to really work on that hard. You know, we got to make a good like I'm saying all the fluff words and. Everyone listen to this podcast. If you get mad at me, stop acting like you haven't done the same thing for your for your home like uh, video conference calls. It was just impossible not to, especially since it's also a side job of mine to cover this team that I'm just losing my mind. So Soto to the Padres, it has to be up there. And I imagine people listening to uh, this Padres podcast, uh, my listeners will enjoy that and probably agree. I mean, it's just it was insane. It was insane. It's still insane to think about. If we're in a work video call, best believe the video is off and we're doing <laughs> during that call. Hopefully no one, uh, none of my employers are listening to this right now. But yeah, I I wrote it down. But the only reason I don't know if I would have chosen, chosen it, it's just because of how recent it is. I yeah. think I just want a little mm-hmm. bit longer uh, of a track record because I, I assume he's going to be there for the long term. I mean, he's still, like you said. Still hasn't hit arbitration. He's going to hit free agency like a year after arbitration. But mm-hmm. it's still to have him for like three or four years. We'll see what happens with the Padres if they can have a deep playoff run. You know, maybe win all during that time in this four-year window, even if he doesn't re-sign long-term. So it could still end up being one of the greatest trades of all time. I think I just want to see a little bit more of it before I really lock it in. And, you know, like you talk about, like, fair value. Like, yeah, James Wood and Robert Hassel are, like, two top prospects. And C.J. Abrams has looked really solid. Mackenzie Gore looks like a solid player. Like, you might get four legit, you know, maybe not superstars, but, like, four legit uh, pieces on a major league roster in a, in yeah. a Juan Soto trade, which I think should be, you know, what happens in a superstar mega deal. Like baseball is always the worst when it comes to trying to evaluate trades and trying to see like what's a real projection. But like this actually turned out to be real. Like you could have actually put this in a trade machine and it would have made sense. And that usually can't say that for, you know, mega trades in baseball when you see the Mookie Betts and the Nolan Arenados of the world get traded for nothing. So I actually appreciate that both sides got what they wanted out of this deal. Let me see now for the number three overall pick. Mm. I still got, you know what? I could go. I, I wrote down like an order of like four trades basically right here. And this mm-hmm. one's so 
on the board. I wrote it down at number two, so I might as well take it because I'm just going to go super biased to start off. The first one was my, you know, growing up personal bias, you know, my my childhood love for the Red Sox. Now this is my professional bias. This is what gets me, you know, the green that we just saw in the video earlier. That quarter I was able to flip is because of this team right here, the Arizona Dimebacks, when they made a trade in 2000 and acquired Kurt Schilling from the Phillies mm. for like four random players and Kurt Schilling over three and a half seasons with mm-hmm. the Arizona Diamondbacks get mm-hmm. a 3.14 year right he mm-hmm. finished runner up twice in Cy Young voting to his own teammate <laughs> Randy Johnson and he also brought home a World Series where he was co-MVP with his teammate Randy Johnson and took down the disgusting New York Yankees. Sadly, it was sadly it was right after 9-11. So I'm sure the whole like nation was rooting for the Yankees. I can't believe you picked the second. The D-backs said, screw that. We don't care about nationalism. We care about our Arizona pride. And they went in there and they took that World Series, Luis uh-huh. Gonzalez off Mariano Rivera. Kurt Schilling was phenomenal. Of course, when you talk about the Hall of Fame, there's a lot of stuff you can say about Kurt Schilling. We won't get into that right now. That's another <laughs> that. But yeah, that's right. I'm going biased back to back. I'm taking this with my second pick. Kurt, Sch- I mean, it let it, it. You got an MVP of the World Series in a deadline deal for like four random players. I, I don't know how I can't take this super high. It's justifiable. It is justifiable on a just what works sense. And full disclosure, yeah. I'm not only going to be drafting based on which were the best deals. Uh, they're going to be good deals. I have a lot in there, but I also just really like having fun. Okay. Um, and I admit that you clearly had a lot of fun there. Yeah. Um, just completely ignoring that. Yes, they acquired arguably the biggest bigot in the history of public bigot in the history of sports. Um, so that's great for you. Uh, congratulations. <laughs> Miller said, I don't care. Give me the World Series. This was I mean, a I get it. It's so funny. Like, I remember asking someone a while ago being like a, a Red Sox fan of mine where they were like, back then, did you make like a, a wish to a genie? Like, I will do anything. I will take any player and because they clearly granted your wish because <laughs> they were like, we're going to give you the biggest garbage of a human. And it might even make you feel differently about the World Series, but you will win. And I understand if people back then would have taken that deal. Um, it's a great pick for sure. It was pre-internet. He wasn't mm-hmm. on the QAnon Reddit threads yet. Like, he didn't know all this <laughs> stuff that he's talking about right now. Okay, this was so early, early time. So this yeah. was a whole different Kurt mm-hmm. Schilling that we were getting back then. Uh, I just think I, it's hilarious that you took yeah. this third. <laughs> like, yeah. I just think it's so funny. Um, yeah, we might have some more fun with the, the rest of the draft uh-huh. picks here. But who do you think? Who do you take in second then? Let's hear who you got. Yeah, I mean, so part of me, I couldn't, I forgot if... I just thought of this right now, the Robbie Ray trade, just to be mean to you. Okay. Um, <laughs> like, just to be mean. I don't that, that they traded this guy for nothing, and it was kind of fair that they traded him for yeah. nothing. And then he just immediately becomes a Cy Young winner and then signs a big deal with the Bears. Like, it's like one of the funnier tra- – it's like there's been some bad deals – that one's bad, but like I really do get it. The guy walked everybody. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he was walking everybody to serve up home runs. Like I get why uh, the D backs did that. Um, I'm not going to be mean just yet, though. I'm hey, going to take an OG you, trade next. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say if you told me Robbie Ray would just straight up DFA at that point, like I would not have even been upset. Like I'd even need compensation back yeah. for Robbie Ray yeah. with how I, where I was mentally with him at that point in the season. I'm going to go with. Um, 
a little bit of an OG one because it is one that I remember as someone who started to actually follow baseball. And what I mean by that is growing up, I'm a recovering Yankees fan. I've said this before on my podcast. Everybody freak out if you want, whatever. I don't care. Um, But at the time, I only watched the Yankees, right? That's all I knew about. And this trade occurred a little bit around the time when I started becoming a little bit more familiar with the rest of the league, at least knowing, oh, that guy in the NL is a star on that very primitive basic level. And this guy ends up becoming a Yankee. Uh, later this later that summer, but not immediately or later that fall, whatever you want to call it. And it is CC Sabathia, ladies and gentlemen, to the Milwaukee Brewers, one of the great rentals, and especially for a pitcher. It's very rare that a pitcher is going to be able to carry you this much in the case of CC Sabathia. Um, when he gets traded to the Brewers um, back in 08 from the Cleveland, he had a one, 3.83 ERA, not his best season at the time. He goes to the Brewers and is a machine, basically carrying them to the playoffs, basically carrying them in the playoffs while it didn't amount to anything huge. So maybe people want to, you know, keep this in mind for those who might not like the idea of just getting Shohei Otani for just a rental. Uh, 1.65 ERA the rest of the way, uh, which is just absolutely obscene. It is awesome. It is fantastic. And I don't know. I just I love it very much. He didn't give up a single, you know, run basically for the rest of that year. He wasn't as good. Um you know, but what's it called? Not as good. I don't know the, the term uh, that I was going to think of. Um, it wasn't like his best like performances ever in the history of his career. Obviously, you know, he helps the Yankees win in 09 uh, the following year. But I just remember that for being such a like it was a it was a it was a race for those last spots. If I'm not mistaken, the Mets were involved too, trying to get that last kind of wild card spot just because it was one of the first ones that I remember that really just completely flipped the table for a team. So I'm taking CC Sabathia with that one. And also wow. one of my favorite players ever too. So, wow, that that is my reaction because I, I listen, listen. I like to believe when we do these drafts, it's a competition, right? We're trying to <laughs> stop laughing. You're gonna make me laugh. We're going, we're going against each other, right? We each yeah. want to win here. Personally, want the people to vote for us, right? Uh-huh. And. Uh-huh. I wrote down the CC Sabathia trade, but it was the only trade I also wrote down notes for. If you took this, my argument against why this trade, this is basically, I have a poison pill on this trade as to why it's more negative than it is positive um, overall when you want to rank all these trades. And I need to make my next pick first before I even get into the anti CC Sabathia argument because my next pick is actually tied with the trade that you just made because my next pick for this draft of the greatest MLB trade deadline deals ever. This involves the Los Angeles Angels, who are currently, you know, and a lot of discussions and rumors with their superstar Shohei Otani. But back in the day, I want to say it was 2008, they made a trade for a superstar who joined your guy, CC Sabathia, in New York the very next year. The uh, Los Angeles Angels traded for Mark Teixeira. The executioner, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and Mark Teixeira went on to slash beautifully for the Angels down the stretch. He tore it up in the postseason. I think the Angels did get bounced by the Yankees or uh, something in like the second round of the playoffs. Then, you know, Teixeira goes off in the offseason to the Yankees. But because Teixeira signs with the New York Yankees, the Yankees have to forfeit their 25th pick in that draft. Do you know who that pick turns into Javier Reyes? What does it turn into? That pick turns into Mike Trout. So they basically acquired Mark Teixeira 
for Casey Kochman and basically turn Casey Kochman into Mike Trout. And that's so important and why it ties to your CC Sabathia thing because the Brewers were not able to get a first round pick back when CC Sabathia signed with the Yankees because it was already forfeited to the Los Angeles Angels in that Mike Trout acquisition. So when you acquired CC Sabathia, you lost him for nothing. You lost in the first round of the playoffs. And also Michael Brantley was given up in the trade to the Cleveland Indians at the time. So you lose an all-star player. You don't do anything in the playoffs. And you lose the guy for nothing in free agency. That's three strikes, Javi. And you know in baseball, three strikes and you're out. So that's why... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's you're on fire today you're on fire today i can't even lie that's why the cc sabathia trade is gonna be the poison pill in your draft is gonna take down your whole draft because the very next pick i get mark to share for casey kochman which lands mike trout in the angels who some people have told me is the greatest player in the modern era since jackie robinson entered baseball i promise you i've had that conversation argument with people come like that's where i've gotten you know that's where i guess Mike Trout, he has started. I just don't think he's the greatest baseball player I've ever seen. That's really my end-all, be-all with him. But that's who I'm taking next. That's my third overall pick, Javi. That was a long soliloquy by me. I apologize. No, look, and I appreciate the shot. You know, I literally had mercy on you not doing the Robbie <laughs> yeah. Ray deal. Um, and then you come right back at me. Totally yeah. fair. I get it. And, you know, thankfully, like, the Angels ended up winning a whole lot of stuff when they had Mike Trout. So <laughs> it's a great trade for you. It's a great pick for you. Um, oh, as, as Tatis falls to the ground. Um this is tough for my next pick, but I think I'm going to go with one that I think is a universal kind of slam dunk, um, at least I think. And especially if you're someone like me who enjoys your little deep dive videos every now and then, the history of the Seattle Mariners, um, mm-hmm. a video done by Secret Base of SB Nation. And this this one is talked about a lot. And for me, I am doing this trade. It's another OG um, because I am just looking at the fact that he looked like he was done. And then very much was not done. It is the Hall of Famer. You've heard him before. For a lot of people, probably their favorite pitcher. And somehow, just randomly, super big photography guy now. Shouts to my dude just appearing at random NFL games. It is Randy Johnson going to the Astros. It is an incredible trade. At the time, Millard, do you know what Randy Johnson's ERA was before he was traded? Uh, 4-1. That's a guess. Close. 4.33. Okay. Do you know what his ERA was the rest of that season? 1-2. 1. 1.28. Look at wow. you. Absolutely killing it. And what I love so much is while I'm not even necessarily focused only on Houston here, this is one of my favorite trades because of not just how much it helps Houston, but just how crazy it is that Seattle made a mistake here. After that, he goes on to win four straight Youngs. Is there any, so this isn't necessarily best trade ever for the person that gave him away, right? This is more about just an insane trade to look back at because he looked like he was, you know, on the downtrend. I mean, the guy, when they trade him, he's 34. Like, it totally makes sense if you're like, hey, maybe he's not going to be able to replicate this. But instead, he leaves, he goes to Houston, ends up going to Arizona, your favorite team, um, and doing some pretty good work there. Four straight Cy Young Awards. He's a Hall of Famer. And before then, he was certainly heading onto a Hall of Fame type track, but because of after that, basically cemented his status as one of the five or six great, like greatest pitchers ever, I'd say, for a lot of people in a lot of people's books. And again, I just think it's so funny that he looked like he was done and just completely turned around. So 
Randy Johnson to the Astros. Yeah, I like that one a lot because it gave the D-backs like a half season of scouting before they went and signed him to the greatest run maybe a pitcher's ever had like you just mm-hmm. laid out four straight Cy Youngs. And I just feel bad for Kurt Schilling just finishing runner-up every year to his teammate. Like, that's probably <laughs> feel so weird if you're Kurt Schilling. But Randy Johnson, I mean, his career is just insane where he basically takes off ages like 34 to 45. He has this whole like second prime or maybe his real prime happens after he turns like you're talking about like steroid like batters i don't know like i I wonder what some of these pitchers are doing because how can a guy like randy johnson all of a sudden win four straight cy young from you know ages 36 to 40 or whatever i'm not Mm -hmm. seeing any allegations i just have questions is all so i do love that pick i can never get mad at randy johnson and yeah if you ever see him in person i mean we all know he's freakishly tall six seven and he's lanky he's an interesting guy when you see out in public but we got to, you know, take a little pause here, you know, Javi, because we do got to shout out some of our ads because today's podcast is sponsored by the great sleeper app. Because do you think Corbin Carroll is going to hit a home run tonight against the St. Louis Cardinals? Because I sure do. And on sleeper, you can swing for the fences with up to 100 times payout. All you have to do is choose two more players. You can select more or less and then choose some of their stats like home runs, strikeouts, hits and more. Get your picks right and you can win. Big Sleeper is a fancy sports and real money gaming app focused on bringing people together through sports and gaming. And once football season rolls around, best believe I'm using Sleeper all the time. I have my Dynasty League on the Sleeper app. They save all your players. They make it super easy for drafting as well. I love doing the mock drafts on the Sleeper app. So go there, do some daily fantasy, do some normal fantasy. It does everything for you. So use promo code LOCKDOWN. You'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply see sleepers terms of use for details currently operational in over 30 states check out sleeper today all right back here on the locked on diamondbacks crossover with locked on padres and don't forget you can catch every d-backs on pot and padres pitch on their hometown broadcast we download the series xm app and search up diamondbacks or padres on the app now, Javi, we're back here. We are, I believe, six picks in. I believe I'm on my seventh. I got two more picks in this draft, so I'm on my seventh. Let's see who I had up next on my big board. Uh, okay, if we're talking about fun, if we're not talking about biggest impact, this mm-hmm. one to me is one of the most fun ones we've had in recent memory. This takes us back to 2016, which is just like, I don't know about you. Personally, it's just one of the greatest years, I think, in American just in world history, personally. It, it, <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, you're on fire today. <laughs> yeah. 2016 was just a fantastic year for Millard. I don't know about the rest of y'all, but it was a good year for me, freshman in college. Uh-huh. But let's go back to 2016 because this was one of the all-time highs because not just about the trade, uh-huh. it's also about what ensued after the trade because you had the New York mm-hmm. Yankees, big franchise. You had the Chicago Cubs, big franchise. Those uh-huh. two teams were on a collision course for a trade. It happens. You send Araldis Chapman, elite all-star, one of the best closures we've ever seen. He gets traded to the Chicago Cubs. In return, the Yankees end up doing do getting some blue chip prospects at the time and the Glaber Torres and a couple other guys. And what makes this trade so interesting, not just the fact that Glaber Torres ended up turning into an all-star and Chapman did help the Chicago Cubs down the stretch in the postseason, but Aroldis Chapman then leaves in free agency and re-signed with the New York Yankees right after getting traded. So you get 
all the blue chip prospects from yeah. the Cubs mm-hmm. and you keep the dude, I just think it's one of the most gangster moves I've ever seen. So <laughs> you have to take into the account the deadline with what happened in free agency. I just think I don't think I've ever seen it before where a guy gets traded and then immediately re-signs with the team that uh just sent them away. Yeah, uh that's that's a fun one. I agree. The gangster, I think, is a great way to explain it because it's so rare that you trade away a guy, get stuff back, and then you just simply re-sign him in the offseason. It's kind of crazy that that doesn't happen uh, much like more, you know, like that the Padres won't just trade Blake Snell and then they're going to re-sign him this offseason. Yeah, right? like, like, why not? That would be cool. It would be it'd be cool, you know, if they, yeah. if they didn't have, you know, seven guys side for 20 years, maybe they would. Yeah. Um, it's a good one. It's a good one. And especially helps the Cubs win their first World Series in such a long time. Arguably the only good thing that happened in 2016. Aside from Miller, I don't know what you were doing in college, but clearly my man was having the time of his life. Oh, yeah. So he's hey, like, hey, you, aside from the world falling apart, some circles might say. Some circles might say. Uh, Miller was like, hey, man, that was that was the year for me. Where I was in college. I was partying. Party. Yeah, party. yeah. He's a party boy. You guys don't know that about Miller. He's a big time party boy. ASU, you guys baby. don't know, man. <laughs> you guys don't know. I, oh, I know about ASU. Trust me. Um, I've heard. I've heard he's the rumors. Out here for spring training, maybe. I don't know. Maybe he's been to a couple parties. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I got you. I got you. Um, it's a good pick. It's a good pick. And again, it's really important because the Cubs end up using it. It's the rare kind of like win-win. You know, yeah. this might be the first win-win uh, trade that either of us have done um, so far in this draft. Um, or you can maybe argue the Dodgers won a little bit because Gonzalez and some of those guys were good for them. Yeah. For me, this is this is tough. Uh, this is really tough. I I think I'm just gonna go chalk again. I'm gonna take an easy one um, because he is arguably just the coolest player ever, um, and it's also somewhat questionable why they why they traded him in the first place. Um, it was a, a classic rich get richer trade. I don't really know how it happened. I wasn't really alive for it, but nonetheless, <laughs> I'm picking it anyway. It is Ricky Henderson getting sent back to the old Oakland A's and being the most famous A probably ever. And what I love about this is we talk about, you know, trades that ends up making an impact. This guy has a, a plus 400 on base percentage. That's what I love about Ricky Henderson. Wasn't just stolen bases. He had a great bats of ball skills and knew how to take a whole lot of walks. So in a lot of ways, he was a modern day player. Uh, it's just that he also decided to steal like a bajillion bases. Um, he ends up stealing 52 bases um, for the rest of the season, being one of the best leadoff hitters in the league. And you know what happens that year, Millard? Mm-hmm. The A's win the World Series. So I'm picking that one for helping a team that was already good, pushing them over the top. And I imagine having a leadoff hitter like Ricky Henderson, pretty hard to deal with, knowing that this guy is either going to get a walk get a base hit or he's just on second by default. You know what I mean? Like it's just what it, what it's like with Ricky Henderson. And I think that he's a player that I wish got talked about a little bit more. And I would argue if we ever did a baseball documentary on just a single player, that he's the only one that I would be interested in seeing potentially a multiple part thing. And I think Ricky Henderson is a fascinating player and he rules. You know how many players, you know how many people, you know, have Ricky Henderson jerseys, right? Like, and they don't even watch baseball. You know, you know how many people know who Ricky Henderson is and they don't watch baseball. It's a lot. He's that famous. He's more famous than players that are better than him in the Hall of Fame, I'd wager. So shouts to him. An amazing trade for the A's. Yeah, I mean, bring back a hometown hero. I mean, mm-hmm. I guess I don't know about hometown, but I guess he <laughs> you bring him back for a second. Like, exactly. Like, like, imagine, imagine that. Like he was great for you before. Goes to the Yankees for a little bit. And then you bring it back. That's so cool. I mean, come on. That's just like the best feeling ever. 
Yeah, and he was incredible, uh, like you laid out, late into his career. I mean, at age 39, led the league in stolen bases with 66. Uh, that's just insane. I mean, I, yeah. I wish there was more guys like the Ricky Hendersons and the mm-hmm. Billy Hamiltons who are like, I'm just taking off every time. Like, if I get on base, I'm just going to take off. And I want to see a guy take, you know, 125 attempts in a season. Why shouldn't the Corbin Carrolls and the Ella De La Cruzes, who are the fastest players in baseball, every single time you get on, whether you get thrown out or not, put some chaos, put some pressure on these pitchers. And I, I didn't want to slip up there with my words, uh, you know, because it says something really bad there. So, yeah, I'm going uh, – I, I like that pick a lot for you. Um, I'm not mad at all. Let's see. With my final pick, I mean, Ricky Henderson, maybe, you know, that's – he's always a fan favorite. So maybe that's pandering to the crowd a little bit, Javi, but we're just going to overlook that one. So it's now okay. I'm not allowed to try winning? <laughs> What's going on here? This is unbelievable. It's okay. <laughs> we're just going to do that for the crowd, I guess. All right. Everyone's got a Ricky Henderson jersey. I don't know who this everyone is. I don't know too many people walking around in Henderson jerseys, but if you got, if you got to put some <laughs> CGI people in your world and you're living in the Matrix, sure, Javi. Whatever you want to okay. say all right all right Millie. go ahead come on millie go ahead what, what are you gonna pick next go ahead man i mean there's still some strong options on the board um with my final pick i don't want to double you know i don't want to double up on red sox trades i just think that would be kind of redundant so i'm gonna go with one from that was pretty recent 2018 two years after the greatest year in history the tampa bay rays acquired Three players for one aforementioned Chris Archer, who yeah. was really good for Tampa Bay. But as soon as, as soon as they let him go, the dude fell apart. I don't know what happened to Chris what? Archer. But- was he, though? I think he was good before then. And I think that's why the, this is such an infamous trade, because he was clear the book was out on him. You know, but anyway, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. And uh, so he gets traded for three players. I was just trying to pull it back up. I was starting mm-hmm. to pull up Chris Archer's uh, baseball reference. But yeah, you trade for three players. Tyler Glass now, who we consider one of the better pitchers in baseball, but he's just been kind of perpetually hurt uh, the last yeah. couple of years. But when he is healthy, he is one of the better pitchers in baseball. Austin Meadows turned out to be an all-star when he was with Tampa Bay. Um, he's in, I think he's with Detroit now, but he yeah. was pretty good for Tampa Bay. And then you also got Shane Babs, who's like a really yeah. nice young player. So you get back three legit major leaguers. A couple of them help you get to the World Series, and you give up Chris Archer, who I do have his baseball reference pulled up right now. I mean, yeah, you're you're probably more right saying the book was out on him. I mean, he had like a 407 year ray. Um, mm. Yeah, he was basically low fours the two and a half seasons prior to getting traded so we've probably already seen the best of chris archer i think mm-hmm. the all-star appearance he had in 2017 the year before he got traded probably inflated his value a little bit mm-hmm. um but the pirates are also just an organization that have no idea what they're doing and they haven't had a clue really <laughs> yeah, for man. the last you know decade plus so it's not surprising to see that they give up three quality major leaguers for chris archer i love that i think it's great uh but look it's true, though, because Archer, I mean, at the time, I mean, he finished like I'm looking at it right now, like he finished up there in Cy Young voting uh, five, fifth, actually, not too long ago. Like he was good. He was an elite strikeout pitcher. He had a, a like a middle threes ERA for a while, striking out a ton of batters. He was good. But then 2016 rolled around and it became this. I remember like having him in fantasy baseball being like this guy's like a, a, a third round pick in fantasy baseball only because of the strikeouts. But at what cost? You know, what mm-hmm. I mean, like I've won, but at what cost? And that's always nerve wracking when guys start striking out so many people. But then uh, unless you're Robbie Ray, apparently, and the ERA is just skyrocketing. And that's what happened. And it was weird that the um, that the Pirates all of a sudden decided this is the guy that we're going to try and break the bank for. 
by all accounts, those prospects, you talked to my, my boy, Aram Layton, our former guy over here uh, from yeah. on Marlins. Like he was like, look, Meadows, Glass now, Baz, we didn't know what they were going to be, but they were regarded as like, this isn't just the, the D-backs 27th ranked prospect. You know what I mean? Like this yeah. isn't someone who blew up and it was just like, wow, we couldn't have seen it coming. I made fun of the D-backs, you know, like. It's not like we knew that Robbie Ray was going to get any better with these guys. It was like for Chris Archer, it feels like the book is out on him. Like that's the type of deal you give up for, let's say, uh, Corey Kluber at the time or Max Scherzer at the time. Right. And instead they didn't. And it was immediately bad for a team that I don't even think was in contention either. And it, it hurt them. It hamstrung them for a while and probably got their GM fired. So that's where we are at, man. Great pick. It's probably the most infamous trade of the last like decade, I'd say, um, in terms of just purely awful it, it makes everything the Padres have done look like you know Moneyball A's Billy Bean genius you know what I mean by by, by comparison so that's a good pick man good pick I just looked up real quick like the prospect status of the three players at one point or another each three of those players by some website had them as like a top 10 prospect in baseball like mm-hmm. you could find a website where during a three-year period each one of those guys was considered a top 10 prospect in baseball so crazy. the idea of getting up like three top 10 tier one blue chip prospects for chris archer who's throwing right, like yeah. four year raise is just uh absolutely impossible so that's how i'm gonna round out my draft here yeah i mean like we talk about the 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 cc sabathia trade that you're mentioning before at least you got a player who everybody acknowledged was really good you know yeah. what I mean? At least and he that, dominated. Even if you, yeah. And he dominated the rest of the way. Unfortunately, it didn't lead to too much else. But at least it was like, yeah, you traded for someone. Again, Corey Kluber, Scherzer, Verlander, those guys at the time, I would understand. Archer, the book was at. So just crazy stuff for the Pirates. Um, uh, you know, not to make fun of them too much. Um, Millie, is it now my last pick time? Yeah. Let's see how you're going to wrap up this draft. I think I'm going to take a meme. That's what I think I'm going to do. I already took. My boy, Randy, I already took Ricky and I already took Soto. I've got the people's vote. I can tell. I took so many cool players. No, one, no one's going to vote for you just because of the Red Sox. What a load. I mean, that was just incredible. Just just the uh, a heat check performance for Miller Thomas there. Trying to pick <laughs> chilling with his second pick. Incredible stuff. I'm going to go with a meme here. And it is a player that for the rest of that year, wasn't terrible. And in general, is actually a pretty good pitcher. He's actually like a top 10 at New York leader as we speak. Like kind of low-key, I think, if I'm not mistaken. And that is the Yankees acquiring Sonny Gray from the oh Oakland God. A's. Now, hear me out. Hear me okay. out. There's a lot okay. of reasons for this one. Let's hear it, There's folks. a lot of reasons for this one. Number one, this <laughs> trade is hilarious and great for a bunch of reasons because it makes the Yankees a team that I think both of us now uh, especially me nowadays, I used to. I'm, I'm again recovering Yankees fan. I know the error of my ways. Um, Sonny Gray with the New York Yankees was infamous, uh, like one of the more infamous times. And as someone who lives on the East Coast, I remember it uh, with Oakland struggling a little bit. Then he goes to um, in 2017, he bounces back a little bit. Then with the Yankees. That very next year, a 4.9 ERA. He's getting booed off the mound. It's bad. There were some weird tweets, I think, that almost got discovered at one point, too. Don't quote me on that, though. I just remember that people were just angry and trying. Like, I don't even think they were, like, bad, bad tweets. But I don't know. People who don't remember, there was, like, that stretch in baseball when, like, there was, like, a streak of, like, nine players that all their bad tweets <laughs> came out from back in the day. Uh, I don't know why. I don't know what agents are doing sometimes. Uh, like, this is the uh, the infamous Josh Hader incident, for example. And there was other players throughout the rest of that summer. 
That's not the only thing, though. That's actually, I don't even care about that nearly as much as just 4.9 ERA after the 3.5 he posted before, a really quality starter, and then was just terrible for them after. And then immediately, immediately after leaving, goes to Cincinnati, which is a hitter's ballpark, by the way. Great American ballpark, one of the hardest places to pitch. And he posted 2.87. And then after that, has a little bit of a down year. But basically every year after that, and again, Minnesota Twins, he's got a 3.15 this year. Last year was 3.08. He's just a steady, solid pitcher. And for some reason, that one year with the Yankees, maybe it's New York media. Maybe it's the pressure of everything. Maybe it's the fact that if you have one bad start, Yankees fans threaten to assassinate you because they think they're smarter than everybody else and they're spoiled and they're brash and stupid. Um, Maybe that's part of it. But Millard, I'm not done. Oh, I'm not done. I'm not done for why else I'm picking this. I am also picking this because the Yankees had the ability, in my opinion, because they're the Yankees and they had plenty of prospects, that the other two players of that deadline, other two big name pitchers, it was a huge deadline for pitchers, Justin Verlander and Hugh Darvish, both of whom end up being electric. And Justin Verlander, similar to, we, we talked about Randy earlier, ends up winning a World Series for the Astros. He's mm-hmm. electric. He has Cy Young seasons for them. If I'm not mistaken, I believe, does Verlander have two Cy Young seasons for them? I forgot. I think he has two Cy Young seasons for them because last year he had one. And then let me see here. No, he finishes second. My, my apologies. He finishes second for them in 2018, but he was electric for them. Like absolutely phenomenal stuff. He was great. Helps them win a world series. So part of the humor to me is all the reasons that I mentioned before that the Yankees to me almost got cheap and they didn't just go and get themselves a superstar, something that they haven't done in a while. Uh, They were known for doing this for decades, for centuries. And all of a sudden they're trying to play the way that the Rays play. Uh, One of my favorite trends in baseball is fans getting tricked into thinking that the team that hasn't won a World Series yet is how they should operate. Um, Obviously, there's more reasons to that. The reason teams want to operate that way is because they don't spend money. Um, Very obviously. I don't know what people are looking at. But um, it's just iconic in a lot of ways uh, because it was bad for the Yankees and because the two other guys that, in my opinion, they could have done if they weren't so cheap and looking at you Darvish's salary or being scared off by their age, especially in the case of Verlander, they could have had those two. And who knows if things change? Who knows? Because they end up getting blown out or not blown out, but they end up losing to the Astros pretty embarrassingly uh, multiple years in a row. They end up losing to your former Red Sox as well. So for me, it's just it's so emblematic them, quote unquote, choosing Sonny Gray over those two guys of how the Yankees have been basically post 2009 uh, as a franchise. That's why I'm taking it. That was a long winded, really esoteric, like ridiculous uh, analysis. But I just wanted to say that. There's there's more than one reason why I took it as my last pick. Well, do you think they still get Garrett Cole then if they trade for Verlander? Because then you basically are just building the Astros rotation. Yeah. I mean, it worked. Did it? Yeah. So, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. So if you're able to pull off that move too with the Verlander, then yeah, maybe the Yankees' fortunes do change, and maybe they do win yeah. the World Series. But I do like the spirit of this pick. It's really <laughs> not. You. It's not. It's not positive for the team that acquired the best player. It's more <laughs> negative. This is more of a hate pick for the Yankees, which I just love uh, of the spirit of that, but probably solidifies my victory in this draft, which is also okay. So it's a win-win for <laughs> no, both. No, it doesn't. We, a win-win. Out. We got to put this out on the Bird app, or I'm sorry, the X app. I don't know what it is. Uh, like, <laughs> can we just agree to just keep calling it Twitter yes. while we're talking? Okay, let's Always. just keep calling it Twitter. Um, like on Twitter, 
I don't know if we have to make a graphic. You're the graphic design genius. I don't care if you have to just put in the locked on chat. Put it in there. I dare you. Everyone's gonna vote for me, and I know that's true. Oh, we okay. might have we might have to put this one up because I feel like every week we're just getting more spicy and spicy. Oh, we are. Draft, we are. We definitely just gotta make a big graphic for this. Um, real quick before we get out of here, just a couple honorable mm-hmm. mentions. You could also rattle off if you have any. 1997, Derek Lowe and Jason Veritek from the Mariners to the Boston Red Sox for a reliever. Mariners just need a reliever real bad. Mm-hmm. Red Sox end up getting, you know, two elite players for that franchise. No one mentioned Scherzer and Trey Turner. I think it's because yeah. I think it was just so short-lived, right, with the Dodgers. They didn't really yeah. do too much for them. Um, maybe yeah. if the Dodgers resigned one of them, but they didn't. And another Dodgers one that's kind of funny, Manny Wood, Manny Ramirez to the yes. Dodgers, yes. Jason Bay to the Red Sox. And I'm back. Know, yeah, <laughs> those one other team. Uh, Fred McGriff, quick shout-out. I mean, he was acquired by the Braves from the Padres for mm-hmm. prospects uh, back in 93. Mark McGuire yeah. acquired by the Cardinals from the Athletics, and then he has the home run, you know, you know, great race. Uh, imagine being Mark McGuire, 65 home runs and finishing fifth in MVP voting. That's an insane year. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, those are really all the honorable mentions I have. There's yeah. some other ones out there, but those are just some I wrote down. If you have any, I don't know. I've mentioned the Robbie Ray Blue Jays thing plenty of times just to mess with you. Zach Granke <laughs> to the Astros was big. Finally gets himself a team again that actually knows how to win. Unlike the Dodgers, uh, JD Martinez to the D-backs, okay. a guy that I think was a little bit underrated and he basically put up the same sort of numbers as other sluggers in the league, but no one believed it. He like didn't have the name value yet. Uh, now he does. Obviously he's great. And he's going to kill it for the, the Dodgers right now. But like he smoked the ball when he was at the D backs. Yeah. And I remember the Red Sox signing him and everyone was like, Oh, the Yankees won the off season. They got Stanton. I was like, look, man, uh, I think I even wrote about this back in the day. It was like, I, I think Stanton's upside is higher, but come on. I mean, JD Martinez is really good. And then, ends up being you know so key for them uh, and winning a title um Cespedes to the Mets mm. is a fun one yeah it's the rare Mets W you know and I remember him carrying them being really good in the postseason and then nearly winning an MVP the next year it ends really poorly but it that's later and I think it's late enough for it to still count as a pretty great trade for them they didn't know that he was going to become you know inept I guess <laughs> and, and, and un- unable to stay, stay on a baseball field so that's one here's a fun one the Yoenis Cespedes John Lester swap. Okay. The environment around that trade was so unique where the A's really needed a pitcher and Cespedes was great and the A's were in contention that they took a gamble and they just said, we'll, we'll trade one of our best players for one of your best players. And it stinks that Lester was good and Cespedes was also very good uh, on the Red Sox and ends up, you know, being so great for the Mets too. But it was unfortunate because then the entire rest of that A's team, people like Brandon Moss, right? Like he absolutely craters. The rest of that team just fell apart and it makes me feel bad um, in a lot of ways. But I just think that was such a unique, like it's basically equivalent of if let's say, um, I don't know, let's say I got one. If the D-backs traded Zach Gallon for Luis Robert, that's mm. kind of what we're what we're talking about here. And that's so rare to happen, right? So shouts to that trade. Troy Tulowitzki to the Blue Jays after the oh, Rockies. Yeah promised they would never trade him without his consent. That's classic Rockies, and they ignored that. David Price also to the Blue Jays. That was fun. Um, Doug Fisher to the Tigers, and then Yankees getting David Justice just because Moneyball, and everybody knows that is just because that movie. So those are my honorable mentions. Yeah, loved all those. A lot of great trades that we discussed during this, uh, you know, as we always do, a very long draft. Trade deadline a few days away. Real quick before we go, buyers or sellers for the San Diego Padres. (laughs) Mm-hmm. <laughs>
Just one word. Um, Don't even need analysis. Buyers or sellers? I think they're going to be buyers. I think they're going to be soft buyers. I'm not thrilled. Soft buyers. I like it. I like it. San Diego Padres going fishing this deadline, maybe trying to acquire a 17th star for that team. <laughs> Let's see. Let's see what happens. That's Javi Arias of Lockdown Padres. Javi, where can the listeners find you? They can find me on Twitter at Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, or at LO underscore Padres for only Padres tweets, because I get a little rowdy on my own account. So if you don't want that, go check out Lockdown Padres and then check out the YouTube. Yeah, go check out Lockdown Padres. Yeah, yeah, YouTube. Streaming everywhere, all platforms. Go check out Lockdown Padres at Career Times 24 for my personal account or look up Lockdown Dimax, all streaming platforms and on YouTube as well. Javier Reyes of Locked on Padres until the next crossover, sir. <laughs>